War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, you are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's Wednesday. It is September 14th. And folks, the phone call that will just defy the ages, there it is. The day after the primary, Governor McKee, in all his glory, let's go to the tape. This is Governor Dan McKee trying to give his acceptance speech when he's told by Eva Mancuso that Helena Folks is on the phone. Jerk. Let's go to, uh, this is in fact, uh, Channel 10 as well. No, that's not going to happen. Hang up on that's them. She's a woman. Hang up on, hang up on her. She... What an absolute, I mean, what a moment, folks. And a moment he's not going to shed anytime soon. I thought it was wrong. That was not the right way to handle it. Governor McKee, there he is, folks, 32.8% in a Democrat primary. What does that mean? It basically means 68% of Democrats don't want him. This is such a winnable race for Ashley Kalis. This is a gift wrapped with a bow. The dominant element of the night, McKee, Matos, James Diosa, move on to the general. But Dan McKee, now there's a lot to get away from, folks. We're going to go through it all. Also, the match is now set between Seth Magazine and Alan Fung. We are going to be speaking with uh, Mayor Fung in a very good position in the CD2 race. But this business last night, this is wrong. Helena, folks, the momentum was real. She won election day at the polls. They break it out. Polling place votes. Helena Bonanno folks, 26,509. Mail ballot votes, 2,658. But let me go back to polling place day of. Folks, 26,509. McKee, 26,266. She beat him at the polls on election day. How did he win? Mail ballots, ballot harvesting with the unions, 5,200 in mail ballots. She had 2,600 mail ballots. Early voting. You know, she actually did well in early voting. She got 4,000. He got 4,600. Nellie Gorbea, mail ballots, almost 4,600. Early voting, 4,600. Nellie thought that was her path. Her collapsed. The final numbers, McKee. 32 folks, 30. Folks, is this democracy? He moves on with 32% of the vote. If this day of, she won. After the last debate, day of, people, voters going to the polls on election day. They didn't want Dan McKee. He comes out of this very wobbly, and he comes out. That was totally inappropriate how he acted last night. There was no reason. That was Eva Mancuso, by the way. Highly respected attorney. One time, uh, head of the Board of Education in Rhode Island, worked with Commissioner Gist. And then on top of that, Eva Mancuso at one point ran for Attorney General. This is McKee last night waving her off. Hang up as Helena Folks is calling to graciously concede.
Who is that obnoxious kid yelling eight more years? But anyhow, I know there's the excitement of it. I am telling you, he comes off as the angry boss. He comes off, a lot of women are going to see that as, now think of this, he's barking at a female to hang up on another female on the line. Would he have done that if that was George Nee on the line? Would he have done that if it was the governor, Michael Sabatoni there? Hang up on him. Would he have done that if that was uh, one of the other union bosses? Pat Crowley's on the line. No. He comes off the obnoxious, boorish ex-husband, the guy that just got off a long flight, finding out the car that he reserved at the rent-a-car place. They don't have exactly the model he wants and starts snapping at the person behind the counter. That was complete lack of class as they're laughing along. The McKee people should be ashamed of themselves. Oh, yeah, this is the governor. Does he bark at the mother that way when they're playing cards in the kitchen? Wow, has he been. But here's the thing, folks. You take away the mail ballots in the early voting. Dan McKee goes down to defeat. This is going to be different in the general election. It's going to be very different. Now, again, Ashley Kalis, she has the opportunity here. Couldn't ask for something better. They wanted McKee. They got McKee. Scandal-ridden, short-tempered, thin-skinned, totally in the pocket of the unions, influenced by the far left, a lieutenant governor who's incompetent. This is what a golden moment for Ashley Kalis, if she can take advantage of it. But that phone call... Hang up on them. Wow. And then saying to Brian Crandall, no one with a a brain in their head would tell me to take the phone call. So then he was even saying that about Eva Mancuso. I mean, think of that for a moment. Wow. Wow. Whew. What a temper on that guy. All right, folks, it's uh, the day after. A lot ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is the day after. Joining us right now is the columnist with the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And Dan, certainly a Democrat primary for the ages as Helena folks. Boy, the, the late momentum was real, and it, she almost, she really impressively almost pulled it off. Yeah, for all the people who, who are, uh, you know, out there and certainly in her world who are saying, oh, if she only had one more week, I would challenge them to say, if they started one week earlier, Yes. <laughs> right? Because yep. that's the truth. Uh, I, I think it is clear now that Helena Folks would be your Democratic nominee um, if she got started you know, two, three weeks. And you know what, John, you and I wrestled over the last couple of uh, weeks about, you know, what's what's early vote turnout going to be going to look like. And I think the truth is we split this because it wasn't as high as maybe you thought. Sure. All, but it was maybe just as important as you thought it would be because of all those early votes. Uh, Dan McKee did a very nice job. So did Nelly Gorbea on early votes on mail ballots. Uh, and in some ways, you know, that's one of the things that makes a difference here to kind of to, to you know, just just barely edge out the, the momentum of Helena Folks. Dan McGowan, what does it tell us? Look at the two races, what, the way Seth Magazina performed in CD2 and the way Dan McKee did. You look at McKee, that's still 67 percent of Democrat voters wanted someone else to be the nominee. I, I agree. The the thing, you know, with Seth Magazine, we all knew he was going to win the primary. But uh, for him, you know, he, this was an impressive performance because it got over that 50 percent mark. Yep. If he had gotten forty nine point nine percent, you know, the argument from from the rightful argument from Mayor Fung would have been he couldn't even get 50 percent in his own primary where he was had all the advantages. He cleared that threshold fairly easily. 
uh, ran, you know, a disciplined campaign. Now he has to turn it up into high gear. But you're right. This w- what we see now from, you know, Governor McKee means Helena Folk. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Ashley Kalis, the Republican nominee, um, is going to be a real threat. Now, look, Democrats are going to come home for, for the most part. Obviously, and Dan McKee is going to get somewhere upwards of the probably the high 40s here in the general election. But Ashley Kalis will be a factor. Um, don't underestimate what a lot of the business community uh, is yes. feeling right now. They do yep. not like the way Governor McKee kind of closed out the race criticizing CVS. Uh, so there's an opening here uh, for Ashley Kalis. She's going to have the money and the resources to make this work. Now what we have to see is is the thing that we haven't yet seen from her, which is we need to see some substance. You know, she needs to not just be on the attack, but we need to, you know, start to see, like, how are you going to be significantly different from Governor McKee? And I think she's going to have a good argument to make. Dan McGowan, what are you hearing about? I mean, the phone call to me, really eclipsed his his victory speech. Um, that was Eva Mancuso. I mean, I I am hearing that he was, you know, barking that how come she hasn't conceded yet? He was supposed to go on at eleven. He went on, I think, a little early. He is at. He was adamant. Mancuso, former head of the Board of Elections. <laughs> And also, you know, no shrinking violet was at one point an attorney general candidate, ran a, a good primary there. But, but boy, that clip of him barking and then saying to hang up, I, I, I think that stands out. I, I think that was a really bad moment for Governor McKay. I think it was a really bad moment. I think it, it does to some degree overshadow what, what should be a moment where he's saying, where he's pumping his chest out and saying, Every time you try to beat me, I win, right? I beat the unions in 14 and 18. Then I brought the unions along with me and I beat the elites this time around, right? That, that is, he, you know, he should be kind of chest pumped out here. Instead, you know, you've got this thing that, that kind of now hangs over the, the, the race. It was a big mistake, you know, as much as I think both you and I respect even Mancuso. I don't know why anyone would try to hand him a phone as he's, you know, as he's clearly got cameras on him um, and, it, you know, is, is ready to go. But you're, I do think you're right about this, where he he wanted Helena folks to concede probably an hour before she actually did. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember, he first sends out his his, you know, I'm going to make a statement at about I think it was scheduled for originally for 1010 yep. um, last night. And that's where it was. You know, you started to see the mail ballots coming in. Uh, it was somewhat clear. I mean, we're not ready to call, but it was somewhat clear that Dan McKee was going to squeak through, win this primary. And, uh, you know, he didn't get those calls. And again, you know, we've, we've kind of overanalyzed getting inside of Dan McKee's head over the last year. But I can tell you from covering him, from knowing him to some degree, he's the kind of guy who gets worked up about this. He wants to know why aren't they showing me the respect that, you know, I, I would yeah. have been required to show them, right? Uh, because in in the flip side, he'd have had a lot of pressure. People like even Mancuso would have been saying, "Hey, Governor, you lost. You got to call. You know, you got to do the right thing here. You got to say all the right things about the party." And I think he he looks at this and says, "Boy, lots of people have been, including in his eyes, the media have been kind of working against me here. And how come nobody's called it? How come it's you know I'm not getting the phone call?" So I think he got worked up a little bit which is the trend that you see from Governor McKee. Uh, and it's, again, why it's a little bit of an opening for Ashley Kalis. If she can get under his skin, he'll make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, that's why I'm not saying this race is a, you know, a done deal for the Democrats uh, in November. And on top of that, Dan McGowan, let's, and again, folks, just who is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Tony Silva was at the party last night. Dan McKee, all right, he didn't eke it out, but, you know, he got beat up in those debates. That final Helena Folks commercial on primary day. Scathing. Worst governor, scathing. We haven't seen anything. I'm sure that upset him. And now he's going to go through another round of debates, and this is going to be a far different. She can bring up the $3,000 bonuses. She can bring up the driver's license for illegals. And she could bring up worse governor uh, hanging up. I, I, I think far more, your thought, but a much more damaged Dan McKee, far more than a damaged Seth Magaziner. 
Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, again, Seth Magaziner, I think, has some level of momentum coming into this. Now, because of who Alan Fung is, Alan Fung today is a better candidate than than Ashley Kalis is just because of, you know, name recognition and and track record, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you've hit it on the head here. Uh, The the thing that I've always thought about this with with Kalis is she can now run. She saw the playbook that works. The Helena folks kind of pro business uh, playbook works here. And she is going to be, first of all, you get more time to talk, right? In an hour long debate with two people on the stage, you, you know, you suddenly have in theory half the time. Um, And so, you know, you you can, you can do it. You can throw a lot more pot shots in there. Uh, She will razz him very publicly. You know, you don't, don't, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to hear her, you know, flat out just say whenever she's in a bind, if I'm in her ear, I would say, you know, if you're tongue tied or you're, you know, you, you may, maybe Dan McKee is, you know, working you over on whatever issue, you just say, Governor, you're the worst governor in America. The yeah. polls show it, right? There yeah. are ways to deflect from the things you don't know either. Right. Um, what, what I'm, re- what I'm really how, interested. How about in- this line? You're not going to hang up on me. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> exactly. Well, right? and, and the th- the thing that I'm now waiting to say is that, uh, to to her credit, Ashley Kalis has. Uh, I think built the infrastructure she needs. What we need to see is what has the last 90 days been like for her behind the scenes? I know she's been out there. People say they see her. She's obviously been on TV. Did she go to work for the last 90 days, you know, learning the issues of the state, learning the things that kind of resonate with moderate Republicans here? Um, you know, can she come out as a you know, a candidate, essentially going to candidate training schools, which she's right. been doing. So we'll get a sense of how uh, prepared uh, she is for this. I will say, you know, I, I thought it was, there were times where I was quite annoyed by seeing her at some of the forums with all the Democratic candidates. I didn't think it added anything. The only thing I could say is it got her repetitions, right? Yes. She got to go to the Chamber of Commerce twice, yep. sounded reasonable. Uh, you know, she she was even going to some of the more liberal kind of uh, events. So she's gotten the repetitions here. Got to assume she's done the right thing, you know, when it comes to, again, candidate training school type of thing. Uh, uh, she's going to be a force in this race. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. The Kui sit in. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. Dan, what happened to the Nelly Gorbea campaign? Boy, what a collapse. Uh, you know, self-inflicted wounds is where it starts, right? You, you have some of these fiascos when it comes to the, um, uh, you know, her, the handling of elections and finger pointing and that sort of thing. So, you know, obviously that sort of, uh, you know, really hurt her. The next thing that hurts her is Helena folks did, in fact, come on strong, right? She yeah. won, probably won those last two debates. So momentum shifted. And the challenge for Nelly Gorbea, sometimes this thing kind of stares at us right in the face and we refuse to believe it, right? The, the challenge for, for Nelly was always, she's kind of the under-resourced, you know, under-resourced candidate, doesn't have the money to compete. And in the end, she was on TV. She, she did better than, she, than maybe some of us thought she would do. But by the end, she was a little bit flat out. She was exhausted. She couldn't quite combat the criticism coming from both Nelly, uh, from both Dan McKee and Helena Folks, on top of just the earned press that was, you know, pretty bad for her for the last two weeks. So this is quite a collapse for her because, you know, again, a month ago, we probably, you know, if the primary was in was August 1st, we might be talking about Nelly Gorbea as the Democratic nominee. Dan McGowan, mayor of Providence, I was wrong. I thought Gonzalo Cuervo was going to pull it out. Brett Smiley, by the way, ran a great campaign. I'd see him everywhere. Uh, but what, what do you make of the, uh, the mayor of Providence? Yeah, the, he, you, you fit in on the head here. He ran, Brett Smiley ran a really, uh, successful campaign, even at the end when it looked like Gonzalo Cuervo had gained some level of momentum. Uh, he ran, he was pretty steady. 
Uh, I was all prepared if Gonzalo Cuervo had pulled this thing off to say, boy, Brett Smiley only knew one strategy. All he wanted to do was kind of talk about the roads and the potholes. And while that is important, it is not sexy. It is not the, you know, the thing that wins you an election. I was wrong about that. In this case, you know, you combine the East side vote with some of the kind of the white, we usually say white Catholic ethnic vote in, in, you know, the, the Northern part of the city. And you know what, you're going to, I can't wait to see these results when they come out later today, but you're going to say that Brett Smiley performed relatively well all across the city, even in the, even in South Providence, Gonzalo Cuervo did not dominate the way he needed to. Brett Smiley ran an efficient campaign, most money, best organized. I always thought he would win, but I thought this race was going to be a, a couple of points closer than it was. But speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Dan, I'm just curious, what, what happened with the Matt Brown campaign? Talk about a collapse. If we, if we think Nelly yeah. Corbea collapsed, I, I'm not sure you can even call Matt Brown a collapse because he just never got off the ground. No. Um, I mean, you were saying this all summer. Where is he? What's he yep. doing? Uh, it ends up being that Cynthia Mendez does better as a lieutenant governor candidate than um than matt much better than matt brown did uh you know in this in this general uh in this election for for governor um look you know he he, it was always a question of how much was the 35 or whatever percent that he got against Gina Raimondo just an anti-Raimondo vote and the clear clear answer is the the majority of it right most of it most people were just looking for a different option you know matt brown still did well in those kind of progressive circles it shows you though that while there are pockets of this state and certainly in the city of Providence where, you know, progressives have, uh, you know, in some ways overtaken uh, kind of traditional Democrats. The problem here is that it's just on a wide statewide basis. There are a lot of people who reject that brand of democratic politics. This is a, a complete rejection, I think, of that, you know, kind of far left leaning, you know, blow up the establishment type of uh, the politics that Matt Brown played here. And in um, in the lieutenant governor's race, boy, the McKee Matos, I mean, that ticket, they move on to the next round. That was a very convincing win by Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. Yeah, if you're, you know, if there are a lot of people on that Dan McKee camp who started to question, was it the right idea? You know, does, is she as popular as I think she is? Look, that was a resound, go look at her numbers in Providence, resounding victory in Providence, uh, who probably helps with every chance you can get with the, the number of votes that Dan McKee, who finished second in Providence, um, you know, was able to get. It was an impressive performance for her. She had a lot going against her. You know, I think a lot of us thought that Rep Ruggiero was going to uh, put on a better performance. Uh, if I'm Sabina Matos, I feel very good going into a general election that will be tough. But when you, you know, when you come out 47% in a three-way primary, uh, it, it's much harder to beat Sabina Matos today than it was maybe a week ago, in, in my opinion, in the general election. Dean McGowan, what's the answer? Gina Raimondo, if you're Helena folks now, they never said no. The whole family. I know Bernie. I mean, they raised money for her. They opened doors for her in fundraising. Uh, you tell me, Gina Raimondo on the sidelines, that, that you know, one day of barnstorming or some kind of an endorsement. Never mind, Dr. Scott came out, Tom McCarthy. Um, your Helena folks, maybe a little help from Gina could have made a difference in places like Johnston. Uh, certainly parts of Providence. Yeah, what an uneven kind of performance by Gina Raimondo here. The, the easiest thing she could have done was said, hey, I work for the president of the United States now. I'm staying out of Rhode Island politics forever, right? That The easiest thing she could have done was not do any sort of politicking, but she made a choice. She was very strongly with Brett Smiley. Yeah. Uh, did the fundraiser with Stephen Pryor, yeah. uh, you know, played quiet roles behind the scenes and what that congressional race, you know, ended up looking like. So she did get involved and then didn't go far enough to, to actually put, you know, Helena folks over the top. I, there is a part of me that wonders, you know, at the end, was she seeing polling that maybe she didn't want to step in? She didn't want to be completely wrong here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would have helped. I think you, you hit it in the head. Places like Johnston could have could have really helped Helena folks. Maybe put her over the top. I also think, um, it, you know, again, you're gonna when we look back at these numbers, one of the things that our the Globe poll was you know months old now, so it's hard to use anything you know as current day given that given how long ago it was. 
But one thing that jumped out to me about Helena folks in our poll was virtually zero support in the black and Latino community. Yeah. And what she did get that endorsement from Mara Lorza, but very clearly she did not have what it took to win places like Providence. She got rolled in central falls. She got rolled in Pawtucket. Yeah. That's where, you know, it's funny. Gina Raimondo, kind of white, wealthy lady. Gina Raimondo was beloved in places like Providence could have really helped there too. uh, Maybe even more so than, than the mayor ended up helping. Yeah, winnable race, winnable race if you're Helena folks. Nadia McGowan, when do you announce who won uh, people picking the winners for Roadmap? It'll be tomorrow, and I think there's actually, I think I'm actually fairly confident that a listener of yours will be the winner, so (laughs) that's a spoiler alert. (laughs) Wow, and also, hey, that was a big win with um, Enrique defeating uh, 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 Anastasia Williams. Yeah, I mean, there's your potentially your big upset of the night just in the sense that you beat a 30-year incumbent you know i'll say this john it's strange about anastasia williams if i'm enrique sanchez and i want to actually know how that building works i would be you know going to seven stars with her today and saying sure teach me everything you know because anastasia williams for 30 years somehow I, 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 I don't know exactly how many years, let's say 27 out of 30 years, found her way to be kind of leadership, uh, you know, on the leadership side of things. She got money for her community, got, a, you know, a city job out of this. Uh, Anastasia Williams knows how to play the game pretty much as well as anybody has ever played it, uh, and, but got completely worked in a community that is increasingly not just progressive, not just liberal, but leaning socialists uh over there sam bell same neighborhood easily wins his senate primary uh you know you've got you've got all kinds of kind of democratic socialists over there that are really building a a little bit of a machine in providence yeah sam bell he's a workhorse though that guy is an incredible candidate bilingual door-to-door going with the i mean he's He's tough because taking out a Salvador is not easy. No. And Dan McGowan, finally, I just want to throw in, boy, James Diosa, very impressive win over Stefan Pryor. Yeah. You know, if there's anything that I'm deeply surprised by last night, I think it's this one. Uh, now, Treasurer's Race, okay, it's not the you know, sexiest thing in the world, but you got you have to assume Diosa uh, or Pryor had lots of the money. He, he did raise fair questions about kind of Diosa's track record and, sure. you know, whether or not he's qualified to do the job, all that kind of thing. But James Diosa showed, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get my the, my Latino support. I'm going to win well in Providence. And uh, this was convincing 10, 11,000 votes. I mean, this wasn't even close mm. uh, uh, compared to some of these other races. Now, folks, you hear me mention Roadmap. Uh, this was I'm very anxious to see how this breaks out. Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to make the offer to anyone listening, folks, it's free. It arrives right in your inbox. By the way, I also want to mention it's also a link to huge story of the uh, explosion, whatever happened. Northeastern, in, yeah. In Boston and Northeastern. Uh, and obviously the Red Sox uh, <laughs> blowing it to the Yankees. And all you Patriot coverage, Dan McGowan, how can people start getting roadmap? Well, the cool thing is, John, so, you know, if you if you subscribe today, you'll get tomorrow, you'll find out who won the roadmap primary contest. And we're going to be right back in the general election. So if you're out there, you know, we're giving away prizes. You'll be able to, to play another kind of pick them contest, just like you pick Sunday football. Uh, very simple. Send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything else. Blank email, rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. That was a lot of fun last night, and we'll talk to you again. Great coverage, John. Thank you. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. 99.9 FM, you can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. Now, we normally do politics this week with Justin Katz, but since last night was the primary, I wanted to uh, catch up with him, give him a chance. Uh, I certainly want to hear his perspective. Justin, uh, let's start off with, I, I, I want to just start off with your thoughts on, I, I still cannot believe what we witnessed last night 
and that was Governor McKee on stage, starts his victory speech. Uh, Eva Mancuso, former, former head of the Board of Education, who was basically, my understanding, brought in to deal with the FBI probe going on in his office. But anyhow, starts to say, Helene is on the phone. And then McKee, right there live, says, hang up on her, and waves her off. And then afterwards, doubles down on it and tells Brian Crandall, Anyone with a brain in her head would have called in the middle of that. The folks people then claim that they didn't think he was going on to 11 and they didn't know he was giving his victory speech. And they'd been so adamant, been told, like, call as soon as you're ready to concede. But let's just start off with uh, I thought that was pretty remarkable. The the McKee phone call and then telling even Mancuso to hang up on Helena folks. Oh, absolutely. And not just. It's not just the you know the context as you might content as you might read it in a newspaper. I mean the look on his face, the waving even away. Uh, he almost said like to to even Mancuso like what are you thinking or something dis, you know disregarding her as well. I mean just just the whole attitude. Yeah. Uh, and then to follow up with that the anybody with a brain in their head comment. I mean just there's there is it was such an opportunity to show a little bit of grace. I mean, this is like a softball. This is like a something lobbed at you that will slam over the net. Your, your opponent calls while you're on TV about to give a speech. You take the call, you smile, you say, you ran a good race. That was my opposition. She just conceded. We won. You know, that's, it's so easy. But yes. you just had this, had, and, and he didn't just even just have like an awkward, like, oh, uh, I can't do that right now. Tell her I'll call her back. Instead, it was like, hang up on them. And it, the, you get the impression he was thinking of this as this is my moment you're yep. not you're not gonna edge into my moment which made me i mean that was one of two key images i saw out of yet out of yesterday as far as mckee's concerned the first and the first one indicates why it was not his moment and that was an image of him at the polls standing and yucking it up next to pat crowley who is maybe the most kind of vicious obnoxious union yep. progressive in the That's state right. for the past 20 years sitting there yucking, and, and crowley's got his little communist hat on and he's holding a mckee sign and that is the image this was not mckee's moment this was the labor union's moment he sold That's his right. soul to get, it's like the blues guitarist who sells his soul to the devil to be able to to play great music yeah that's not his achievement that's the devil's achievement and that's where we are right now and so i think mckee is just too far gone at this point and it's it's going to be a a rough contemptuous first term and at, at this point i'll put my mark on the ground and say the the odds that he will be enjoy a second term are extremely low he just does not have the character he has been identified now by people i think as such and won't win as, as I, I saw you commenting i mean two-thirds of democrats don't want him he eked yeah. over he eked over the finish line at last i checked uh the board of elections website folks actually won in poll election so she she got the most people to actually go to the polls and vote for her wow Day so it's it's yes. only it's only mail ballots and early voting that got McKee over the line, which, you know, is part of the game and it indicates why folks just started way too late and it wasn't, didn't, you know, didn't jump in and really campaign enough and, and take off the gloves early enough, I think. Um, but I, I think that's, that's where we are. And I, I think uh, McKee's not going to, as you've been saying, he, there's going to be a big bill for for the promise of oh. he must have given and i i don't think he gets a, a second term and uh, you know hope, we probably should hope i mean we should remember that there's still the general election and i think this opens up a a big opportunity for for Kavis. that moment and just an excellent perspective folks we're with justin katz managing editor anchorising.com that moment he also alienated all those people that voted for folks i mean i i'm still Every time I watch it, I can't believe it. And, you know, you made an excellent point. He could have turned that moment, taken the phone and said, Helena, hello. Thank you. You know, you ran a great race. You have a beautiful family. My best to your dad. And I hope we can count on your support. He could have turned that into a a nice, gracious moment. He was the opposite of that. He was obnoxious. He was a bore. The way he waved it off, yelling at Eva Mancuso, who... Again, I mean, she's accomplished in her own right. I want people to understand this is not like some young staffer. Eva, she was one point, one time a, a candidate. She ran for attorney general. She lost in the in the primary, but but she was the head of the board of ed, ed with Deborah Gist, and to act that way, and then afterwards in the brain. And Justin, you also hit on something else. This is a guy 
Dan McKee, he just feels he gets no respect because he's got knee and Sabatoni and Crowley basically ordering him around, puppet on a string. And then when it's supposed to be his night, people are conceding the way they want to. He barely ekes over. I agree with you. Ashley Kalis could not ask for a better opportunity right now than a guy that I, I think even now, if the election were held, you know, the only reason he won was those mail ballots and early voting. His numbers were lower yesterday, and I think they're even lower today. The Matt Brown people are not going to support him. I don't, I don't know about the Nellie Gorbea people, but I don't see this as one of those things the Democrats come home. He is just no one to root for or get excited for. No, not at all. And I mean, he showed a lot of he showed his character, I think, in that moment, you know, it's a moment of stress and adulation, yeah. and a lot of emotions. And that's what came out. But I think, I mean, very specifically, I, he couldn't have botched it in a worse way strategically, I think, even or tactically. I get those confused sometimes. But the the idea. So he's about to go up against a professional business woman. And he just, as you said, kind of waved away with contempt his his own. A staffer who herself she herself is a successful woman and a successful woman who is trying to be gracious and concede right. to him uh, that Kalis can get a lot of ground for that even if you even if uh you know the the folks crowd and folks herself get over it and, and come out and say you know what we've got a rally behind mckee you know even if they do that a lot of people are going to look at that and particularly a lot of women and at the very least they'll be be less enthusiastic about mckee they, they he you know sort of hillary clinton uh, People used to say yes. she reminded everybody of, of their mean stepmother or, or ex-wife or whatever. He just gave every woman in Rhode Island that image of that contemptuous guy who, yeah. when, when it came down to it, was rude to the waiter and they should have the taken that the evidence. Yeah. yeah, he went from the safe prompt date, as we were calling him, yeah. to rude the rude ex-husband who they should have known not to marry in the first place because it was rude to the waiter i mean that's the that was the look on his face it made me think and i, I think you may have tweeted something similar but it made me think like i don't know didn't his mother teach him any respect yeah I mean, just, exactly it, his whole image went off the cliff i think in that moment the whole thing of all the ads and playing cards with the mother that was that moment and not only that but hang up on her not tell her to hold on or We'll, you know, we'll be right there or I'll call her back. Hang up on her. I mean, that is what really grabbed. No, Justin, what did you make of um, it, the folks campaign? You have to. I mean, that was really impressive. But all the undecided seemingly broke for her that coming off that Channel 12 debate, even though that was a tough format for her. But she had a great final week of the campaign last night. Yesterday demonstrated why. This early voting's way too early. All these mail ballots and early voting. The day that voters went to the polls, that was the candidate that, that should have won and, and basically was chosen to win the Democrat primary. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's important, too, to look around um, town to town and city to city. And, and yes, it's not as if McKee won everywhere just by slim margins. I mean, folks won a lot in like the, the East Bay uh, down Narragansett, that area, uh, places where people probably may very well have at least read about or seen the debates and understood, uh, you know, checked in at the last minute. Oh, let me figure sure. out who to vote for. And I think it's also important to no notice that I, I believe she was second on the ballot. So some unknown number of Democrats said, well, I'm not voting for him. I'm just going to put in the next person on the ballot. So yes. th that was that was there as well. So the, he does not have strong support. And she she did, you know, present herself she i think she she made the message got the message out to a, a large number of people uh she just did it too late too slowly she was too timid going into it uh folks quick break <clears throat> much more head justin katz our primary recap right here on the john DePietro show the kui sit in 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Folks, we're recapping the results from the primary. 
And just in the uh, Matt Brown and the co-op collaborative, boy, he never got off the ground. His his uh, Cynthia Mendez VP, she did much better than him. But outside of a couple pockets of Providence, the whole Matt Brown co-op collaborative, I mean, it just landed with a giant thud. It did, although I, I'm I'm not convinced the the goal of these things is to win. I mean, I mean if it were, they wouldn't necessarily be dancing around in their commercials or, or spending True. days off days intense at the state house. I think a lot of it. I think they've got progressive funding and backing. I yeah. think there is some some friction within the progressive movement. And early on, we saw, say, our friend Pat Crowley going up against the Matt Brown people in progressive media uh, nationally. And I, I think so. I think they their goal is just to make sure that the in, the progressive insiders don't don't start drifting back toward the center. Uh, and I, so I think they probably succeeded in that. And, and, and they're they're keeping the pressure on the progressives in state government to keep going left, uh, but but politically, yeah, they they did not have a whole bunch of turnout. That does that does create some issues. You know, at some point, you, you don't you're not able to get people to run just you know to make a statement. Uh, right, the wind kind of comes out of their sails, especially once they'll start seeing their heroes sell out and uh, getting to know the infrastructure a little better. So their their future may not be you know right in the co-op but if i think the the real tell on that will be whether he can keep finding the money that's coming from somewhere out there in progressive land you know last night justin katz it actually was i hate to say it but it was a a unbelievable night for organized labor uh the very powerful unions the the ticket of mckee matos and diosa those three they are all three 100 percent in the pocket on the payroll, on board, handed over, you know, the, the, the reins, the, the unions are driving them, and all three of them came out victorious. They did, although now, as again, there's the general election coming up, but yes. that, the, the, the labor unions, I mean, they've got their they've got their hands firmly on the wheel and there, there's just no question about it. And there's nobody who can really push back against them. Uh, they, they're split of their, you know, the labor and progressive combination in their ranks and in their leadership it, and the way they've, they've sort of controlled the language of, of politics. I, I, that's, that's basically it. I mean, and, and now that McKee, he, he sold his soul, as we've said, and he, he's got to deliver and he will. And both he and Matos, we're, we're there in Pawtucket right before the violence, right, at the union rally. That's so right. that's where we are. Uh, and I, if, if actually Kalis can't pull off a victory, we're, we're looking at, you know, oh. probably some, some rough times and a lot of that. The, the problem, the, the silver lining of all this is that there's a reason they have to cheat and manipulate in order to yeah. win. They don't know how to actually do things. They're, they're greedy and they're ideologues. And so they do things badly. So the, the one silver lining is that they'll screw up. They'll do something wrong. There'll be co- another controversy, which could reverse things. But for the moment, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an empire strikes back moment. Although I, you know, the, the rebels never won in the first episode, at least not for several decades. When you compare the two races, I mean, Seth Magaziner over 50%, the rest of them basically, you know, lifted the, the, the white flag. What I'm hearing is, uh, that Sarah Morgenthal, David Siegel actually finished second, barely, but mm-hmm. Morgenthal Fox, what they're, what I've heard is number one potentially job with Magazina. But if he loses, if uh, he loses, they then plan to run against who would then be Congressman Fung in his, his first term. But it's um, it's pretty stark difference, Justin. You look at, you know, McKee barely wobbled out. And I think after last night, that phone call, I would put him even below. 30%. The only reason he got over the 30% is because of the mail ballots or in the early voting, whereas uh, Magaziner, in a much stronger position at least, he didn't get beat up as badly in that primary. Right. Well, I mean, he from the beginning, there weren't you know, credible challengers for her, him, and he, he you know, on paper, had a much greater advantage. Uh, he's also he's also progressive enough and insider enough to have, have pulled in and and we did see the the full party kind of unite around him uh, up to Langevin you know the guy who he's hoping to replace so yeah he I don't know that he had any native a better campaign and a lot of those pictures of him outside restaurants in a district in which he didn't live but wanted to represent those are kind of silly uh, but he just the 
the machine was able to unite behind him. And I think the rest, in a sense, kind of knew their place and, and just, you know, they were running, they're setting themselves up for something else. Um, as we've discussed, it's not clear why they were running unless that's the case. Uh, whereas in the governor's race, I mean, there, there were, there was a chance any one of them could win because, you know, none of them were particularly deserving of the job or, you know, unified within the, the Democrat party already. Justin, I want to come back to the phone call. The reason why I love it so much is in a, in a day and age, you and I see everything is talking points and focus grouped. This was unscripted. It was live. Um, you know, a lot of people, by the way, some business people, Dante Bellini, some other people are going after the staffer, even Mancuso. She should have said, you know, he'll call you back, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I heard late last night that he he was number one like belligerent at the staff like how come they haven't called and conceded yet so he was angry about that and then he was he was very clear and deliberate that the moment she calls he wants to be put out with her so when you're dealing with someone like that you're you're basically following orders but i think what i just like about that mckee botched phone call was just the element of it was kind of like the curtain was down and there wasn't a script. He didn't have time to, you know, say, what do you think? Blah, blah. He's on there on his own. The cameras are rolling. He went on earlier, initially said 11 o'clock, then suddenly there he was. And, um, and, and that's what you saw was this angry guy who is looking at the crowd. I think he thought the crowd would ride with him a little bit more, but then not tell it to hold on or, what is her message? Or as you say, take the phone, be very gracious, hang up. I mean, he seemed like the, to me, the angry guy in the airport that just found out that the car that he reserved <laughs> at Hertz rent a car, they just gave away. And now, you know, he's going to have like a tiny little car. And he's just been traveling and he's tired and he's losing his cool and, and giving a hard time to the young person behind the counter who's trying to remain calm. But I think that phone call speaks volumes, and I, I think you're right. I'd be very curious to see female voters of how they react. If if Ashley Kalis can play this well, Justin Katz, how do you think she should, in fact, if you were going to give her advice, three things, uh, I'm very curious. I think he'll delay the debates with her as long as possible because they want to get in the early voting again. Um, but what would be, uh, how would you give advice to the Kalis campaign? Well, I mean, the first thing, th that reaction of his and the emotion behind it and the, the faces, that was not out of character. You know, it's not no. as if it's not as if he's this very slick politician guy who's always smiling and happy and kissing babies. And this was out of nowhere, like in some movie where you finally see the true character. I mean, he so they can compile uh, clips and images that really reinforce that. And I think they can get a lot of traction on social media, but also on, on paid media as well. And just that needs to be out in front of people. I mean, have yeah. kids walking around with iPads showing that to, to passersby. I mean, that kind of thing. I think that's the first thing. But I think there's, you, you raise a very important, I think, deeper problem is this was a good leader sets things up so he won't have those trip or he or she won't have those right. stumps. Right. And he set him. It sounds like from from information you've gotten just from observing what happened, it sounds like he didn't set it up right. He was he was agitated. He wanted them to concede sooner. He said, OK, 11 o'clock. And then, then as soon as somebody says, yeah, I think you got it now. He said, OK, let's go. Let's go. You know, you could just picture he set himself position to make a dumb decision. And that's not leadership. And so I think that's another kind of fundamental theme she can she can play on. So I think that's that's really what it has has to be. So I I mean I as a very strong conservative I don't like it, but I think if she moderates uh, moderates to try to grab centrist Democrats, uh, plays up um, McKee's character flaws and inability to lead, and that that's it's. At the, if that's, I mean, that's, it's handed to her. That's what she has to do. It's just a question of the best way of going about it. And I think so, through social media and, and paid media um, and then setting herself up and preparing well for a debate uh, just to really, really crush him on that. I, I mean, what we saw, if you're, if you were a boxer, you saw kind of a, a great flaw. So, yes. and we saw the debates as well. Uh, 
where he was snapping at, at the other Democrats on a stage of, oh, stay over there and sweat and those kind of comments. So she, <laughs> she can really, she could really needle him in, in, in ways that, uh, that will, will get him to, to kind of flash out at the end and, and reinforce even further the message that she should get out there now and start uh, promulgating in Rhode Island. So I think that's the, the broad strokes of a strategy for her. Well, at the timeline, he announced, so he almost kind of threw down the gauntlet and said he's going to speak at 11. So that's their messaging to her camp because she put out a statement saying she wanted to wait till all the ballots were counted. But then Channel 10 and Channel 12 broke in and they called the race for McKee. It almost seemed like he was hustling up to the stage to quickly declare victory before maybe something happened. And then they <laughs> were going to pull it back or maybe, you know, she wouldn't. And then in the in the midst of doing that, so her camp, uh, Audrey Lucas put out a statement saying, well, we were told he was going on at 11. We didn't know. You know, they're <clears throat> trying to go through. They're on the phone. All right. It looks like it's over. They call over. Uh, you know, it was my understanding the McKee people were calling them like every 10 minutes. Will she concede? Will she concede? He was getting angry that she would not concede earlier. And then she calls and then he just erupts at the staffers. So one final note, I think Ashley Kalis, if the debates had done, she really has an opportunity to highlight. Now, this is up to her, but there are very distinct differences. The $3,000 bonuses to the state workers that never came out just in catch during the debates because everyone on the stage was nodding along in agreement with, with the unions. That's different. That does not play with the general public. I think the driver's licenses with illegals does not play. Um, and just a lot of the other shaky deals and the soccer stadium, Pawtucket, the Superman building, she has some real concrete differences. You know, you and I would talk about one of the problems with the CD2 Democrat primary was they were all basically singing off the same sheet of music. She has the opportunity, if she does this right, fundamental differences between the two of them. Very, very clear. For a regular person sitting out there, there should be, they shouldn't see the two of them and say, they both seem the same. If that happens, then she's failing because there's real distinct differences between the two of them. I'll give you the final word. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and I think there's an opportunity for a lot of people who maybe looked into it at the last minute and went with folks uh, to, to kind of compare yes. herself to there. I mean, there's a, there's a number of people who would feel like that's kind of their second chance uh, if she plays it right. So I think you're right. There are a lot of issues. I think the first thing she has to do is just really concretely define her, her image and then everything can fall into place because she's got a lot of material with this guy. He's got no character. His policies are not popular and they're terrible and he, he's just not an appealing character. So a person. So I, she, there's just so much material for them. It's going to be a matter of defining her, her role. And as you say, it should definitely be distinct from him. Uh, they, it should not be which one do I want to go with? I'll go with that guy just because he's a Democrat. That's for sure. Folks, again, he's the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. We appreciate the extra time this week. He's Justin Katz. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. My pleasure.